listener, beware. You gave us the scares. Hello. And welcome. To Say Podcast and Die. The mini-sode. We are doing a mini-sode. We are doing Amazon reviews. That's right. From books 20 through 25. Continuing our uh, much-lauded series... Uh, and who are we? I'm Andy. And I'm Alyssa. We are the two who do the lauded series of reading Amazon reviews. We do much of the lauding, too. <laughs> I'm going to kick us off with one of my personal favorite goose books, The Scarecrow Walks at Midnight. Mm-hmm. Th- these reviews were so different from each other. I can't emphasize how much these people were not reading the same book. Oh, okay. But also, as a side note, did you notice that Amazon now separates reviews from from the U.S. and from other countries? It's been doing that for a while. Really? Yeah. I, I, not, I guess I don't look at Amazon that much. It's but, very strange. I don't yeah. know why they do that. But yeah. yeah, they have a separate section. I don't know. Maybe it is a shipping thing? I have no idea. So many other reviews. Goosepunks, if you haven't gone and looked on Amazon reviews of books, most of them are... The packaging. Exactly. Or it delivered what they said it was going to. Yeah. It's not really a country thing. It's more of a, like, people don't know what they're reviewing thing. Well, I think they do. I think the reviewing did the book come on time. <laughs> That's Amazon's role in all this, not R.L. Stein's. Yeah, this is fair. Well, I'm going to start off with Jay Plants, who gave The Scarecrow Walks at Midnight one star. Now, this title's a little bit of a spoiler. The title is, I Can't Stand the Overuse of I. <laughs> in a first-person narration? <laughs> <laughs> Keep it in mind. Okay. And since you're a writer and all. That's good. It's a good tip. My daughter has only recently gotten into the Goosebumps books after reading series such as The Haunted Library. I think some of our listeners read that as well. Seeing as how she's only in the first grade, I am usually the one who reads to her in the evening. While the previous couple books we read were fine, this one was terrible. The story plot wasn't bad. Okay, the story plot. The story plot. And the concept decent. But the writing style in this book annoyed me. Almost every other sentence started with I... That has quotes around it, if you couldn't hear it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> sure. This is written in a first-person narrative. Uh-huh. <laughs> We've read plenty of books in the same perspective, but this was by far the laziest. I looked at the door. I saw it was locked. I decided to go around it. I felt scared. I like butter. I, I, I. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> so mad. Yeah. It became so annoying as the reader that I started highlighting every I as I read out loud. In your daughter's book? It took only a couple of pages before even my wife was annoyed with the writing style. With the writing style? You're, yeah, your your wife might have been annoyed with the fact that you went and got a highlighter to do this. And kept pointing it out. Like, I'm sure it's annoying when somebody is pointing out, like, there's so many eyes. There's so many eyes. Hopefully the next one is better. Yeah, it's like, bro, you're reading a book to a first grader. Yeah. They, it, it's actually meant to be read by the first grader. In fact, yes. Hence, simple, repetitive sentences. Mm-hmm. Come on, dude. Did you look to see if he had reviewed the next one? No, I didn't. I recently was looking at a product. I forget what it was, but somebody had left a review that said four stars because only God gets five stars. <laughs> uh, and it was like the product was fine or whatever. And I clicked on her reviews and she would post that for a lot of things. But then she had indeed given some products, five what stars. What kind of products? I think Westerns, uh, <laughs> like DVDs of like Westerns I'd never heard of, five stars. Well, maybe she feels God is behind those in some way. There you go. All right. Mitch gave it four stars. Quote, for my eight-year-old. He liked to read, so I bought this ebook for the iPad slash Kindle. So far, he's enjoying. He read two chapters today. It's much easier to get in the Kindle slash iPad and read. The book won't get lost, and I won't have to garage sale it someday for 25 cents. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you won't get a return on your purchase? <laughs> nope. <laughs> and then finally, Alaska, four stars, untitled review. 
Now, Alaska has, is pointing out something that I really expected to see more observations of. More on this in a second. I think I also have an Alaska review. Oh. Mine, yeah. The Scarecrow Walks at Midnight was one of the best original Goosebumps books to show a mature sense of suspense. Jody, Mark, and most on the fa- family farm feel like real people rather than the simplified characters you usually expect of the series. We have an asterisk here. And the, the review goes on, but I'm just going to talk about this part the asterisk takes us to. I say most because Stanley, the farmhand, toes the line in portraying people with special needs as completely ridiculous. His comic ignorance and suspicion book felt out of place against the other characters. So that's as close as anyone gets to acknowledging that the portrayal of Stanley is problematic. All the rest are just like, haha, Stanley's so funny because he's slow and we can laugh at him. Yeah. Thank you, U.S. reviewers, for being terrible. (laughs) I think I have... At least one, if not two, from Alaska, because that person popped up on, on several of mine. I, I, I think in some I was like, I'm not going to keep pulling from the same person, but I, yes. <laughs> yeah, Alaska goes on quite a lot, but uh, I just I appreciated that somebody... Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, at the very end of this review, Alaska says uh, that as the 20th book, it still gave the impression that the series wasn't losing steam anytime soon. <laughs> and I'm like, given that there's hundreds, you're probably right, Alaska. Yeah, yeah. On the Stanley point, it's just one of those things like with South Park where, you know, it'll be catering to an audience who's laughing at the anti-gay joke or whatever. And it's catering to an audience who's saying, oh, I can't believe they said that. It's so bad. Obviously, no one would be laughing at it straight up because it's a gay joke. Yeah. And looking at these reviews, I'm like, oh, I think it's like a 90-10 split on who's just laughing at the disabled person and who is maybe aware that there's something wrong with that portrayal. Yeah. Yay. Well, moving on to number 21, Go Eat Worms. Go Eat Worms. Oh, what a classic. What a fucked up classic. (laughs) Five out of five stars. Easy reading for kids. (laughs) Is it though? Or is it haunting reading for kids? (laughs) I think mechanically easy, Mm. spiritually, psychologically, not as easy. I used to read this when I was in my preteens through my teens, and I'm going to try and introduce them at the workplace to see if 21st century kids take to them. Wait, we've read something like this before. Because I remember there was someone else who said they were going to introduce them at the workplace. It must be the same person. Did they just put on every Goosebumps book, I'm going to introduce them at the workplace? I'm also assuming that the workplace involves children. But I don't know. I mean, this person started reading it as a preteen, so I don't know. I would recommend these books for light fun reading. The font is big. Parents, there are no pictures in in these books. If you want illustrations, go buy a comic book. I think this is the same review. Oh, it must be, yeah. That's so funny. Four to five stars. That's so much effort to go and, like, copy-paste the same review, shitting on comic books and talking about your workplace and your plans for it with such pride. Some people, I think, really want that top reviewer status, and sometimes you got to just churn out in order to get the quantity. You'd think Amazon would screen for copying and pasting the same review. I mean, no, I don't (laughs) think so. Next one is four to five stars. Homework was never this gross before, which is the tagline of the book. Now, Todd, go eat butterflies. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Did anyone write that they were really upset by the book? So a lot of people wrote that it was gross. Yes. And a lot of people specified it was gross, but not scary. Eh, Uh, Todd was scary. Yeah. Okay. So this next one, I think, is getting a little bit of what sort of what we talked about. I'm just remembering Regina was even scarier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think maybe like one person pointed out that like (laughs) she's the real horror. But for the most part, people were like worms. Not scary. (laughs) Three out of five stars. It's clear these worms are starting to look at him funny, even angrily. This was a long one, so I sort of, I didn't, I didn't take the first part, which was the plot summary. 
Things are odd in this story, and it's up to Todd and his best friend Danny to figure out if it's all an elaborate prank by Regina or if the worms really are out for revenge. Was he friends with Danny? No. (laughs) Danny wanted to be his friend. Todd's obsession with worms seemed off-putting at first, but then, when I was his age, I was rabid over frogs and toads. (laughs) It's a silly story, and the horror elements are muted in contrast to the characterization between these siblings and their classmates. Not a bad Goosebumps yarn, but it's a much lighter entry. Not a bad yarn. Hmm. Hmm. Again, I think I'm having a hard time getting into other people's head right now, but reading Go Eat Worms and then coming away from it saying, ah, what a nice light book. Yeah. I just don't feel like I'd ever go there. I mean, I guess compared to the one about the serial killer. Oh, The Curse of the Mommy's Tomb? Mm Mm-hmm. I guess so. But it's about a budding serial killer, so. Fair. Well, I guess that butterfly put a stop to it. That butterfly's the Dexter. The hero. (laughs) Yeah. Number 22, Ghost Beach. Now, you remember Ghost Beach. I do. So tell me if this makes any sense to you. Winch says, four stars. Great book. Gory as always. Great book. Gory? Yeah, right? Huh. What do they think gory means? A bunch of people put gory, actually. I wonder if it was a class of students who all read this book together and gory was one of their vocabulary words. Yeah, it's not particularly gory. No, it's got ghosts there. Mm-hmm. I mean, a bunch of rocks fall on a guy, but we don't see that aftermath. Mm-hmm. Oh, and... Okay, well, hold on. Let me go on with this. <laughs> Linda L. Oliphant, five stars, all caps. Do not read at night. <laughs> I found this book at our library's used bookstore where I volunteer. I flipped open the cover and I saw an ominous note, handprinted in all caps, Do not read at night. Aww. SG. Isn't that cute? It's very cute. That's rather foreboding, don't you think? So I bought that book and I read it at night. (laughs) OMG. I was in stitches one minute and holding the book in a death grip the next while my brain is yelling, Don't go in there. I had an uneasy, odd feeling about the ending until I got there. And then I burst out laughing. Perfect. A bunch of people burst out laughing at the end when it's... Really? When they're going to die? Yeah. What do we do about these kids? Wow. Everyone, especially parents, think it's really funny. (laughs) I'm like, what's going to become of us when we're parents? (laughs) I think the phrase for that is maladaptive coping. (laughs) So I will admit that I got up, turned on the light to quickly check that the outside doors were locked and there was nothing but clothes and shoes in the closet before going back to bed, just in case. Sometimes when rereading books you've read as a child, the luster somehow diminishes. But since this is my first time, I thoroughly enjoyed the book. I'm giving this one to my 10-year-old granddaughter to read, and we will discuss it over a glass of milk and some chocolate chip cookies. Priceless! <laughs> I'm just saying, this is a grandmother Yeah. who bought this book and was up all night reading it scared. Well, it's interesting because, you know, as we've talked about the podcast with some of our friends, you know, some people will say like, oh, I really love those books. And some people say like, oh, they were too scary for me. Maybe some people are easily scared. That's the thing is I think some people really have a low tolerance for for that kind of like atmosphere or stress or whatever. I guess so. Okay. Last one. Donna C. Five stars. Another great addition to the Goosebumps series. Another piece of awesome from R.L. Stein. Even for a middle grade book, he really doesn't pull any punches. Sure, there are some cheesy moments, some kooky senses of humor being thrown around. A lot of spooky moments turn out to be something not so spooky after all. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, it's Alyssa's bane of your existence. <laughs> but it all comes back around in the end, leaving everything hanging. Leaving it hanging. You know when everything comes together in a way that leaves it hanging? <laughs> Including Jerry and his sister. Stein's got the middle grade voice down pat. It actually says Stein's got the MG voice down pat and it took me a minute, but I think that's what that means. Probably. He doesn't dumb it down for the reader and he doesn't skimp on the spook. 
He targets an age that he knows needs a bit of goof, but isn't afraid to get scared too. And I have to say it again, it all comes back to the ending. It was fantastic. You'll probably see it coming, but where Stein leaves the story off, you have to give him some credit for it. No nice, neat, tidy endings for him. Goosebumps, all caps, is a great series to get the young ones hooked on horror early. It'll help develop their appreciation for the spookier things in life. My entry into the horror realm wasn't so subtle. Poltergeist at age four. <laughs> the Exorcist at age six. We're sort of, sort of wandering away from the point here. <laughs> I kind of brag, excuse you. <laughs> also, Poltergeist isn't a horror movie. It's like a fucking romp yeah. about like cute kids and kooky situations. <laughs> so by the time I got to reading these books, they were old hat and far beneath my horror comprehension. <laughs> but for the better protected youth who needs their horror attack, touch water down. Ouch! Some stinging words here from, what'd you say, Linda? Donna. Donna, okay. But not entirely forgiving. Goosebumps is the way to go, and Ghost Beach is an excellent addition to that classic series. Wow. Yeah, Donna's judging you. (laughs) Donna would not have any respect for Linda, I think. Yeah. I guess we all have that, though, right? Andy was just up I was literally like, just doing it. Poltergeist isn't a horror movie. I can judge people for doing it, and I can also do it. It's fine. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we have Return of the Mummy. I will say with this one, there's a pretty common theme where lots of people really came to it for the Egypt stuff. Yeah. And that tended to sort of make up for a lot of the book's disappointments. Like a lot of people were like, the book was meh, but Egypt. I didn't think it was that meh, but I also don't think about it very often. That's true. But yeah, Egypt stuff, always cool. Well, five out of five stars. I have something to read. (laughs) Here's the review. I feel that way a lot. That was my whole childhood. (laughs) I know. Here's the review. I like it. I like Goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> good good for you yeah that's a nice review we should be so lucky to get reviews like that i know three out of five stars it was good but long-winded i got this book to... <laughs> 115 pages i know i got this book to read to my son as i wanted a story based around a mummy character as that's what we thought he was going to be for world book day so he would know who slash what he was dressed as so the kid picked out a mummy costume but didn't know what it was yes yeah, so they wanted to read something on theme for world book day world book day the book was too old for him but that didn't matter too much i read a few chapters to him but there wasn't much happening and no mention of the mummy but i can continued to read the book to myself so I could tell him the story. It was good but long-winded, but I found myself wanting to read on to find out about the mummy, who finally surfaced in chapter 21, and the ending was a bit disappointing. Obviously, the stories are for children, not adults, but I did enjoy it anyway. So I hope you summarized it for your child better than that. <laughs> I know, right? He's gonna be like, I, I have no idea what a mummy is at this point. <laughs> Three out of five stars. Repeats the first mummy book a bit too much. Dated by stereotyping. I think this is the Alaska review. It is pretty different too, though. But Alaska, yeah, well, good way to be on top of pointing out the flaws. More fun than my negative rating implies, Return of the Mummy is held back by some outdated stereotypes and ignorance of foreign cultures. It's a cheeky follow-up to, to Goosebumps' fun, fun early entry, The Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. Cheeky because it follows most of the same beats and feels like the same book. I feel cognitive dissonance on this one. Ooh, well, while Alaska. I, yeah. While I adore stories set around Egypt Egyptian mythology, mummies coming back to life, hidden tombs, all the good Egypt stereotypes for fueling so many great childhood memories. Stories like this are born from ignorance of other cultures that borders on tacky. Uh, So then Alaska summarizes the plot, which I'm going to skip. Alaska goes on to say, the Egypt of both Goosebumps mummy stories is built on Carl Freund and Boris Karloff's 1932 film. It's a very white and Western version, belittling people who can't reply. Stories like this don't really work anymore because they're built on ignorance and distrust over anything not Western, even if it's totally benign and meant for kids. It would be nice if those stories didn't work anymore, but they play 
extremely well, unfortunately. <laughs> they, yeah, they're still money makers, even though we know that we know better. But I agree with you, Alaska. And if you're listening, we'd love to talk more. Write in. So even though I can vouch for this tale being just as fun as the preceding Goosebumps yarns, it repeats too many beats from Gabe's earlier adventure and the reduction of Egyptian culture and, his- and history to being basically evil, beautiful white people who speak perfect English has gotten harder to look past as an older reader. I mean, it is a plot hole that would be otherwise hard to get around of why someone's speaking ancient Egyptian. Well, it made sense, though, for Nila because Nila had been alive the entire time. Yeah, she had some years to learn English. Yeah, like thousands. Thousands, yeah. (laughs) Probably speaks like old English, middle English. Probably speaks all the versions of English. Five out of five stars. It's creepier. (laughs) So I think Stein's real comfort zone is middle grade. I think Goosebumps, while at times silly, have far more developed plots, settings, and characters than his young adult stuff. In Return of the Mummy, for instance, Stein takes his time setting the scene of Gabe going to Egypt and developing the setting while, while in Egypt at the dig site. The visual is much more real in my head than reading most of his YA stuff because I think so much of the book is setting up the creepy part to come. So then this person goes on to talk about Gabe and Sari, going on to say, I think these two preteens are far more developed than a lot of Stein's teenagers in his Fear Street books. They actually come across as real characters with multiple dimensions. I agree with that about Gabe and Sari, especially Sari. Mm-hmm. Not once did I find myself balking at what was going on. I was just having fun with the story, and it was a fun story. Never mind that it fuels my obsession for all things ancient Egypt. It was a genuinely fun and creepy story in a somewhat unique setting with POC characters that seem to be rather lacking in Stein's older stuff, at least. Word. Yeah. The story seems to be modeled after Tutankhamun's finding back in the 20s with the nestled chambers and the mummy's curse and all of that. You found some really thoughtful reviewers. Uh-huh. Yeah, like this one was like hard to find ones that were funny. Wow, all the smart people read The Mummy Returns or whatever it's called. What yeah. Called? Return of the Mummy. Return of the Mummy, yeah. Uh, so yeah, but I think it just added to the greatness of the story. At least to me, I can really appreciate that. Plus it had a creepy edge to it. And for a lot of the book, it was just slowly moving along with nothing really out of the ordinary going on. There was a lot of creep served up within a few short chapters. It was there and gone, but I think it was just enough. The setting itself, out in the middle of the desert at night, with things that have been dead for thousands of years, is creepy in its, in its own right. Plus there's bugs. Also bugs. The moment of reanimated mummy just adds to all that. So yeah, Return of the Mummy is a super fun Goosebumps book. Great characters, great story, and I think it really epitomizes Stein's craft and is indicative of what he does best and why people like him so much. This is what he's good at. Agreed. I think he would agree too. I don't think we can say with confidence that he actually wrote it. <laughs> Last one. One out of five stars. Robert's book review. Oh, Robert. Do you think it's R.L. Stein? <laughs> Um, I hope so. Reviewing the ghostwriter? Actually, I love that because here, listen. <laughs> Dear reader, this is the best book in the world. The writer is R.L. Stein. Everyone should read this book because this book allows kids to have a good education. They can be interested in this book. This book can make one child's parent happy. Just get your child to read this book. It will change his or her life. Sincerely, Rattlesnake. <laughs> That took a turn at the end. (laughs) Rattlesnake wrote that. Wait, I thought it was one out of five stars. Yeah. Do they think one is the highest? Maybe, or it might just be a child who doesn't know how to use Amazon. Or it might be Arl Stein. Just being funny. Drunk one night. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm uh, going to do Phantom of the Auditorium. Also one of my, as a kid, one of the ones I liked the most. James Dober Jr., five stars. The title of this review, Kids Should Read More. (laughs) He's got a platform, really. Mm. Kids loved it. I didn't think it looked scary, but they really enjoyed. Oh, oh, see, you're... (laughs) You're above reading it. But kids loved it. What do you mean think it looked scary? It's just a cover with a guy on it. Ron gave it five stars. Loved it as a kid. Still loved it as an adult. And I include this review for one reason alone. (laughs) Using my godfather's account. (laughs) 
I love this book. It was and still is my favorite from the series. I checked it out so often that the library staff knew me by name. Aw. I just, <laughs> like, thank you for specifying that you're using your Godfather's account. I don't know what else his Godfather reviews, but maybe it was important to just say, like, this isn't part of that collection. I, maybe it's something really nasty. I should look. Okay. Use Princess. Give it two stars. I usually like Goosebumps, but Phantom of the Auditorium was really boring and overpriced. <laughs> Goosebumps books want you to read on and every word is spine shivering, but this one didn't really have any of those things. I would not recommend this book for anybody. <laughs> First of all, that's so harsh. Second of all, aren't they all priced the same? They are. Also, <laughs> it's really hard for every word to be spine shivering. Yeah. It's a tall order. Even the first person pronoun. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, Munalal gave it four stars, all caps, good but not as expected. Oh. Did it come slightly damaged? Was it a different cover? The book was not very good, but the twist was good. Like how the name suggests Phantom of the Auditorium, it was not up to the mark. But huh. still, I suggest that if one wants to have suspense, this is the book. Does the name suggest that it won't be as good as Phantom of the Opera because an auditorium is like uh, not as classy? I'm not sure. I think the idea is that you think it's going to be about a phantom, but it's not. It's about a guy who lives in the basement. Oh, yeah, because most of it is about, yeah. But it's also partly is about a ghost. I'm not really sure. <laughs> but I I like all the dragging. Yeah. Of the <laughs> People really want to get out their irritation. They really do. Take us away. Okay. I want to stress that what I'm about to read is the top critical review for Attack of the Mutant. <laughs> like, Am like when you go to reviews, Amazon sets it out as this is this is the top critical review. Oh, wow. Well, it's a good book, so, you know, it must be a good review. Um, I think they mean critical as in, like, not perfect stars. Oh, I thought they meant critical as in, like, a critic. No, I don't think so. I think, it's, uh, I think they have positive and critical reviews. You know, this... But, but, again, both get ranked, and this is the top critical review. The one area in my life in which I'm an annoying academic is the words critical and negative. Mm -hmm. The colloquial uses of them annoy the shit out of me. Yeah, but Like, you're being really negative. What does that mean? <laughs> it, I'm just not existing? I'm not being? Like... <laughs> And yeah, anyway, go ahead. Three out of five stars. Uh, just one more thing. <laughs> okay. Just the, it seems very American to me to equate critique in the sense of thoughtful analysis with being a meanie in the yeah. sense of criticizing. I think that anyone trying to teach critical race theory is finding that right now. Yeah. So why are you being so critical <laughs> yeah. about my racism? Yeah. Do you want me to feel bad for being white? Yeah, we're, we're an embarrassment. I will stop, I'll stop interrupting you. And yes, we are. Three out of five stars. Enjoyable. Hmm. Not very enjoyable, though. <laughs> like 60% enjoyable. I'm Superheroes are the most unexpected unexpected thing in Goosebumps, but I really enjoyed this. It took me at least an hour to finish it because I was really into it. Really wish this book had a reprint like the Goosebumps classics and maybe a sequel. There was one punctuation mark there. Wow. Top critical review. Ah, that doesn't sound very critical. <laughs> yeah. The main complaint seems to be that um, superheroes are unexpected in Goosebumps. I mean, I don't know what would be expected in Goosebumps, to be honest, when we have a killer sponge plot. But... <laughs> five out of five stars. My favorite book of all time. I am not eight years old. I am oh. 16. Whoa. Double. <laughs> and I freaking love this book. Look, this is just a great book, okay? The Goosebumps series is good, but this one just stands out, like way out, like the best book of all time. You <laughs> must read this book. Please just read this book. It will give you a new perspective, but not the kind that normal books will. This is just a great book. Please read it. I wonder what new perspective it'll give you. It doesn't specify. Like that your world might be made of ink? Yeah. That you can't trust girls? I don't know. It, it, again, not specified. Huh, well. But they're not eight years old. 
it's i think they might be eight years old <laughs> and also I, honestly though if they're eight years old they have way better punctuation and grammar than some of the adult reviewers yeah that's not hard though all right last one five out of five stars the title is skipper here which i think i'm reading wrong because it's skipper comma here skipper but here here so the entire review is in quotation marks <laughs> hey oh is he writing as is this person writing as yeah skipper? and it, it seems like it's like a phone conversation or something Hey, uh, Skipper, again, hey, comma, uh, Skipper here. Like, I'm not editorializing that. Alyssa's doing the um the phone signal that's like the hang loose hand signal. Yeah, to, that right probably now. no one younger than us recognizes as a phone. I feel like people still use this. You don't just, like, act like you're holding an imaginary <laughs> tablet. Who knows? I'm sure someone will tell us. Well, I want to see you do it again while you read this. Hey. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, uh, Skipper here. I need someone's help. I have no clue what to believe. My comic books are my very own eyes. I thought I just saw the masked mutant slayer, or is it just some phony replica? It better be, because if the masked mutant is real, I'm in for it big time, dot, dot, dot. What a clever review. I feel like I should start writing my reviews as though they were by the people I'm writing about. <laughs> voicemails? Yeah, like John Dunn leaving a voicemail about his own poem, and he'll be like, did you notice the dick joke? Did you notice all the dick jokes? This whole thing is about my dick. Do you think that John Dunn would, like, call people and be like, is your refrigerator running? (laughs) (laughs) He didn't have phones, Alyssa. I know, but, like... He wouldn't have known that hand signal at all, actually. (laughs) No, he probably would have made a more obscene one. (laughs) Yeah. No, yeah, I think he'd just yell out the window. Uh, Oh, wait, the refrigerator might also be a problem in this scenario. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, yes. There was something... Okay, when Skipper in that review says he's not sure to believe his own eyes or the comic books, the comic books were predicting the things he was later seeing. Right. The problem was his eyes were seeing what was in the comic books. So you can believe both of them, probably. Mm -hmm. Or none. What an interesting problem you've created, Skipper. (laughs) Well, I want to know if you could read one review by a writer of their own work, who would it be? A writer of their own work? Yeah, writer writing a voicemail style review of their own work. Oh, well, so this is easy because James Patterson actually blurbed one of his own (laughs) books. And my favorite thing about that is that Stephen King retweeted it and was like, in all my years writing, I never knew you could do this. How about you? Oh, I would like to see Shakespeare writing a review of a recent edition of his plays. (laughs) I feel like he'd be like, why did you reprint all of these? I think... Or what, what about Shakespeare talking about some of the arguments that he didn't write his plays or like trying to decipher based on data analytics? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't even think he'd want to read those. You no. Know? Would you want to read someone doing that to your work, trying to figure out like... Looking, if I didn't write it? Looking at your old like high school papers and comparing them to your most recent short story and trying to see if you use the the same amount of time to prove whether you wrote it or not. That sounds awful. Because that's what they do, man. (laughs) That's what they do, man. In conclusion, we want to know what you think. And also, what voicemail from a Goosebumps character would you leave? Oh, yeah. Leave it on our Twitter. Reply. (laughs) Yeah, leave it on. Yeah, write write a voicemail from a Goosebumps character reviewing their own book. Uh, Leave it on our Twitter at SayPodAndDie or on our Instagram at SayPodAndDie. You can also email your voicemail to us at saypodanddie at gmail.com. Oh, please do it because that would be a really fun episode. Just voicemails <laughs> from Goosebumps characters. Yes. 
think of which character you most want to just like give your take on. Uh, I want this to happen. Yeah. Make it happen, Goosebunks. Thanksgiving gift to us. And good luck this Thanksgiving. You're probably hanging out with family right now. (laughs) Godspeed. Goose goose speed. Or you're not in the U.S. and it's just a normal day. Yeah. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. (laughs) Listeners beware. Send us more scares. Ooh. Ooh. Good boo. Good boo.